<laughs> Welcome to Haunted University, a podcast to help you create the home haunt of your dreams. Coming to you from the Rocky Mountain Home Haunter Studio. I'm John Schilt. I'm Keone Hutton. And I'm Leslie Reed. EED, not EID. Yes. Keone. Wow, that, took, that took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start spelling things for John that we don't want him to hear about? Why you thought it was... That's right. You thought it was R-I-E-D. Yes. Yes, I did. And I've corrected it (laughs) since. So there. Hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, John? Today we're going to be talking about micro-haunts. What on earth is a micro-haunt? I was going to ask you that. Today we want to take a step back. For every episode up to now, we have focused on individual tools to help people design their home haunts. But not everyone is able to do a full home haunt, um, either particularly like college students or those who live in apartments and just don't have the space to build a home haunt but still love Halloween and still want to put together something spectacular. This episode is for you. So micro haunts can be defined in a couple of different ways as we're using it here. And no, we're not referencing Minecraft. So if you're interested in Minecraft, go find another podcast because that's not us. Yes. Um, Let me talk about that for a second. (laughs) In preparing for this episode, we did a lot of research uh, on Google looking for micro haunts and to see if anyone else is using this term. Turns out someone else is using this term, Minecraft. So if you are Googling micro haunts, you will end up on a lot of Minecraft pages. I recommend not doing it unless you're into that sort of thing. I found a little bit more information when you just type in small scale haunts. Ah, that's fantastic. What else did you find? Uh, nothing. I, I'm typing that in as we speak. Oh. <laughs> nice to see you do your this... research ahead of time. We haven't finished. Fair point. Continue, mm. Les. Micro haunt. What is a micro haunt? For us, as we're using it on this podcast today, it really encompasses two main aspects. The first is it is a single scene of a much larger scale haunt that you might want to do, but given space constraints, you're in a small house, you're in a small area, uh, you have a small budget, or you have a very, very short timeline, you're just doing one scene of a whole, of a larger haunt. Um, the other way to use it, which is really much more applicable to two of the three of us, is you don't have a house. You are living in an apartment, in a condo. You're in a dorm room because you're a college student. Um, you don't have a place that you can set something up. Or more importantly, if you do want to set something up, you pretty much are required to have it set up and taken down in 24 to 48 hours. Um and with that, that's really how we're defining micro haunts for this podcast um, and going forward. Because I think this is a term that we will be using on, on a regular basis, uh, at least here uh, on Haunting You. So how do you do it? We constantly emphasize um, the theme and the backstory uh, for every haunt that we put together. Uh, Very in fact, much so. the theme and the backstory are what will guide us through all of our development process Uh, It helps us build the continuity into our haunt from beginning to end, and uh, I think it's just as important in a micro-haunt as it is in a full-scale haunt. In fact... You want to come up with that and build out. Yeah, exactly. But the story on your your micro-haunt is is going to be much more narrowly defined than if you were to do a full-scale walkthrough-type haunt. Um, 
in general, my micro haunts have been just a single scene of what could be a larger picture. So, for instance, in college, uh, in my dorm room, I had a dorm room that was about, let's see, six, probably 18 feet wide, 24 feet deep, uh, with a door leading out into the hallway. Um, and bunk beds on either side, bunk on top, desk below. And what I did was turn it into a torture scene where we had a uh, full-size skeleton prop dangling uh, with his arms spread eagle from both of the two bunk beds. Um, he was screaming. It was all, uh, there were laughing faces and jack-o'-lanterns uh, all synchronized to a um, a horror soundtrack from uh, via Lightorama. Uh, so the story there was just a simple man was tortured until death and now all that's left is the skeleton and all the maniacal spirits from the torture are still haunting the place. That was my story. Ooh. Nice, simple, short, but gave me a lot of creative freedom to deck out the space in a very wide uh, fashion. Check out that video. I've got a link to it on YouTube or I have it on YouTube. There's a link to it posted on our Facebook page. Uh, check out the video and you can see what I'm talking about. I would also like to point out that you know when we're talking college, we're talking military academy. <laughs> so as, as as we say, micro haunt needs to be able to be put up and taken down in 24 to 48 hours. This is how you do it. This yep. is how you set it up. And again, you keep it very very small. You keep it very very contained, and you keep it very very narrowly defined. And you can do this even at a military academy. Yeah, well, that's something that I've really not talked about. Um in any previous episode. Classified? Um, not classified, but just hasn't really <laughs> been relevant. But uh, I'm in the military. I spend half the year at sea, and that's why we only manage to get out a few episodes every year. So one day that will change. But, yes, you bring up, but yeah, you bring up a good point, because we were only allowed to celebrate for uh, October 30th and the 31st, so we had a day to put together whatever decorations we had, and then on Halloween there was always a contest to see who could put together the best decorations in their room. And then November 1st, it all had to be down again. If, if you're concerned about, oh, well, my dorm won't let me, or I my, my landlord, my HOA... Um, oh, I love you HOAs. can get a oh, HOAs can no you don't HOAs can go burn um, oh. Oh. The, so the way you get around situations like that or the way more specifically you work within them is a micro haunt setting up something small and making sure that you are within the rules of your current living area um, be sure that you know the rules uh, if you're not sure go ask uh, I'm sure in many of these cases it might not have ever come up before, so they either don't have rules or they're willing to work with you to put something <laughs> in place. So you can set up a mini haunt for the two to three days before Halloween and then take it down immediately after. Leslie has a much, uh, I'm going to say, more productive view of dealing with HOAs and such. I'm more, Everyone does. I am much more of the uh, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission train of thought. Well, it can be in some cases um, <laughs> when you live in a condo and they're ridiculously anal about everything. That's true. If your um, landlord is right there on the property or uh, has a property yeah. nearby. That makes it much more difficult. It may, it may make more sense to go talk to them ahead of time. Um, my HOA in Colorado was a enormous pain in the butt. And 
uh, are still an enormous pain in the butt. But, oh, by the way, hi, guys. Um, but um, I doubt they're listening. I doubt it as well. Um, <laughs> but my neighbors were much more Thanks supportive. For being polite. So I, I engaged with my neighbors. Yeah. What did you say, John? You heard me. Right. That's getting I cut wouldn't out. have said it unless she had said that. Can't you just bleep it? Yes, I can. <laughs> um, thanks for making me lose my train of thought. You bleep, bleep, bleep. You engaged with your neighbors <laughs> as opposed to going directly to the HOA. Thank you. I, yes. Yeah, I engaged with my neighbors because um, the HOA wasn't going to come around and do a random spot check. Probably they were going to wait until somebody complained. So I engaged with my neighbors early and made sure they were on board with what I was trying to do so that there was no one who would complain to the HOA. By making sure they were on board, he means bribed with alcohol. But Absolutely. If it works, do. it works. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just. Saying. Sometimes it's good to think outside of the box. Or inside the bottle. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Now that is an idea for a T-shirt. <laughs> what are we doing? An I dream of genie haunt next? <laughs> Actually. Uh, hmm. I think we need to get AA on the line. <laughs> hey, I'm not drinking today. <laughs> That's why the quality's Thank gone you. down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, can you give us ten minutes and we can we can do this? Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I think it's well. What? What were we gonna say? I was just gonna say I think it's good to at least look over some of the rules, at least get some guidelines, because if you have such a short period of time to put it up, you start and you do a lot of work, and then you find out you have to take all of it down and start over. You're going to be very angry. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So yes. now we've talked a little bit about the uh, the whys and the hows of getting started. Um, how do you develop that? Uh, how do you develop your scene? Um, so beyond the narrow storyline, you need some way to engage your audience, to bring them into your um, into your micro haunt. Because you don't have something enormous to draw people in, you need to do something that is a little bit more flamboyant to um, grab people's attention and make them want to come. This is especially the case, again, um, I live in a condo. I'm on the third floor in the you know couple of years that we've been here. We've never had trick-or-treaters. And while the candy monster in me loves that because I don't have to share, um, it also, <laughs> for me to do anything, I have to make it stand out very, very obviously to even get the attention of anybody who might be walking by to say, oh, maybe they do have something because they bother to go ahead and decorate. Yeah, so at the West Coast Hunters Convention last <laughs> month, uh, Leslie and I attended a talk by Mr. Eric Taveras called Engaging Customers from Start to Finish, Using Imagineering Techniques to Strengthen Your Show. And for those who are not familiar with it, Imagineering is, the, um, is a technique created by the Walt Disney Company to um, help them create all of the movies, attractions, the cruise ships, everything that Disney has done, the theme parks, um, they use this... Uh, I want to say technique, but it's not really a technique. Uh, but they call it Imagineering. It's a, uh, a combination of 140 disciplines all working together for the betterment of their show, their product. Uh, I attended this class, and it really opened my eyes to the possibilities. Since that class, I've started reading a number of books um, by a man named Marty Sklar, who was the president and chief creative executive um, of the Imagineering division of Walt Disney. And on one of the books... It's called One Little Spark, Mickey's Ten Commandments, and the Road to Imagineering. This has become my Bible as I'm starting to get ready for my haunts in the next couple of years. 
the fourth commandment from uh, Mickey is create a weenie or a visual mag. Oh, this is a family show. Be careful where you go. From, I know. From this I know. Point on. I know. This is so not a family show. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> you're just but saying that totally because... within realm. You mean other than the drinking, the fact that Kate bribes someone with alcohol, and then I used a specific four-letter word several seconds ago? No and comment. the fact that you perpetually advocate theft? I haven't yet today. <laughs> Give him time. <laughs> because Give we haven't time. talked about needing things. We'll get there. <laughs> so, Mickey's fourth commandment is create a weenie. And uh, Marty Sklar says it like this. No, it's not a Nathan's Famous or a Dodger dog we're talking about. It's Walt Disney's term for visual targets that lead visitors clearly and logically through an experience. Think of the clarified. I know, right? Think of the visual magnets that draw you from a distance to a specific target in a Disney park. The castle dominating the end of Main Street. The rocket ship or spinning jets in Tomorrowland. The imposing Chinese theater in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Spaceship Earth at Edcott. Think about this commandment the next time someone asks you for directions to your home. Is there a church spire, a school building, or a natural feature that you can use as a weenie? So what they're talking about is a way to grab your customers and actually drag them into your haunt. Make them want to come forward. Make them want to uh, come see what you've done. But when you're working with a micro haunt, you have very little space. You have very little story. You need something spectacular to act as that weenie. So let's take it back to my dorm room. Everything you just said was dirty. Everything. Thank you. Thank you. That's how I strive to live my life. <laughs> it's even better when it's coming from Disney. What did you say? Strive to achieve Sorry. the weenie? Oh, Wang! Pay attention. I was distracted by that enormous flying... Willie. Yeah. What's that? Well, it looks like a giant... Johnson. Yes, sir. <laughs> So what was the weenie in my dorm room haunt? It was the skeleton that was dang- that was being um, tortured, uh, hanging from the two beds. That was my weenie. <laughs> several years call- later. Several years I'm later. I'm calling for a new designation of the term. <laughs> what do you want to call it? Anything. <laughs> Anything but that. If you want to keep it in that same family, hot dog, bratwurst, <laughs> anything. The visual magnet. Yeah, that works. Let's go with that. Fair enough. Even though now visual magnet is tainted, but that's all right. There you go. So <laughs> fast forward a couple years to I'm in my we're second. so mature. I know. I know. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> Whenever you guys are ready, we can continue. <laughs> I probably need five. <laughs> Take your time. At least mute your microphone so I can keep talking. Okay, go. <laughs> so let's fast forward a couple of years to my uh, the my second apartment where I set up um, a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns that were laughing and screaming and uh, dancing around on the balcony of my apartment. Um, in this case, the pumpkins themselves acted as the visual magnet the changing lights as well as the uh, changing background lights, which I use an RGB flood to do, that acted as the visual magnet and actually was grabbing people off the street. They were turning into the apartment complex because they wanted to see more. There are a number of other ways um, to do these visual magnets, though. Um, But the key, remember, is to always drag it back to your story. 
I want to point out, if you hadn't changed it to Visual Magnet, you would have said the weenie grabbing people <laughs> off the street. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Noted. Noted. I'm glad we made that change. It's a good change. It's a good change. I think this is a great time to start talking about uh, micro haunt effects that we can use as those visual magnets. Yes. Yes, let's do that. So, John, how do you want to you want to talk about how to uh, some ways, uh, some visual magnets, some products out there that we love for creating visual magnets? I, I want to go on on a visual magnet, but I guess I'll talk about that. So. Some, depending on what kind of haunt you're doing and what kind of effects you need, you'll you'll have to, a variety of places to choose from. So when we were doing our zombie apocalypse theme, we chose uh, we chose something from Atmos Effects. Is that right? Yeah, that's Atmos letter F letter X Atmos FX. Thank you. And so they, what we did was we had a projector and we got a DVD of zombie um, invasion. Yeah. Which was great. It was literally just the sounds of zombies and just kind of a creepy image of, as well of actual zombies, you know, walking and <coughs> excuse me, just kind of stumbling towards towards you again. And I think there was there creepy music and it doesn't matter, but I think there was kind of some spooky overtones of music and everything. And we were able to project that onto a large canvas over a, over a garage door. Yeah, what we actually ended up doing was uh, opening the garage door and then p building a false wall, um, but a frame of a false wall in where the garage door would be. We used that um, bloody wall backdrop that you can get at any party store. It uh, just has like bloody handprints and blood streaks and the like. Um, put that over our fake wall and then projected this image of zombies trying to burst through a wall. Um, onto the bloody sheet. It was great. It looked amazing. Yeah, it looked fantastic. And what made it even better for us, um, it acted as that visual magnet, drew people toward it because they wanted to inspect it, and then we cut a slit uh, through that um, through that plastic so that Leslie, dressed up as a zombie, could burst through when people got close <laughs> enough. It was and chewing super on an arm. effective. That and was she, great. Yeah, and she was chewing on an arm just to add you know realism to what we were doing oh it was fantastic. it was awesome i could see that well it was and again you got people in very very close we had our zombie apocalypse was not nearly as as in-depth and involved as our uh, arkham asylum but in a lot of ways you, there was a lot of effects that we had that were very very successful yeah in a lot of ways uh, zombie invasion could almost be considered a micro haunt because it was just a single scene it was uh zombies trying to uh escape from um, the hospital or wherever that they uh, had been created. And so there's your miniature storyline. Zombies trying to escape from the hospital. Um, and then the trick-or-treaters are coming into the hospital to uh, get their candy. The other, and I think the other thing we had, as far as effects-wise, at least we had a few things. There was that, which worked fantastic. There was, um, when they approached the house there was i believe we had an animatronic zombie we did that was motion that was set off by motion yeah one of those um, uh one of those like hundred dollar animatronics from spirit halloween <laughs> worth it totally yeah totally worth it but especially because it set up an expectation in the trick-or-treaters minds they <clears throat> saw the 
cheesy animatronic zombie and oh the, okay that's we see that we see the zombies bursting through the wall over there um but they're not they're in the mind that okay animatronics that's the first thing they see that's what they're going to be right. expecting throughout and then when actual people started jumping out of the back of the car and through the wall <laughs> uh reaching at them from under the front porch uh, it set off a whole other uh set of scares it did we had that we had um you can provide more specifics but i think we had a something that you'll provide specifics on the actual way we set it up, but we had a coffin and inside triggered by, um, triggered by one of our FX boards. We had the coffin create a knocking sound. So it sounded like there was someone in there trying to get out, which not only is creepy, someone trying to get out of a coffin, but it also provided a great startling effect on their way up to the, to the door. Yep. Yep. Well, on their way back out running from the door. Yeah. Either one. I mean, whenever they got close enough, that was the key to, um, that type Especially of if you're someone with daddy issues. Wait, what? Huh? Don't you remember that girl? There was one, I don't know, teenage girl, 14, 15, kept screaming, I have daddy issues, over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> For no specific reason, because I'm pretty sure no one asked her that. I have but... forgotten. <laughs> you're better I... off. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Actually, but... But wait, wait, wait. For one, for a good piece of information, because it was fairly simple and cost-effective. Kay, how did you design the the coffin knocking sensation? Because I did not, I don't remember how you did that. Well, I mean, if you must know, and clearly you must, although it's not really relevant to our micro haunts theme today. Um, well, I just like it. I just built a wooden coffin. You can find plans on a variety of places on the internet. Um, so I built a wooden coffin, but it was only half of a wooden coffin. So the bottom half of it. Um, it was resting on the ground at an angle, so it looks like it's sticking up out of the ground. Cover the bottom of it with dirt, so it looks um, so it's coming up out of a fresh grave or slightly less than fresh grave. Uh, inside, though, I just used a um, a scavenged vacuum cleaner motor. Uh, picked up a vacuum cleaner for like a dollar at a uh, at an estate sale because nobody wants to buy vacuums at estate sales. Um, <laughs> So I picked up a motor there, and I attached a um, just a big old nut, um, like a three-quarter inch nut for a bolt, um, onto the end of a piece of wire that was attached to uh, the motor, and then uh, was a ran a uh, cord back to a switch in the garage. So that year, John was running, acting as like a stage manager, setting off special effects. He had control of all the fog machines, um, plus uh, this coffin. Uh, so every time you flip the switch, it would activate the motor, uh, and it would just start banging the nut around on the inside of the coffin. And then on top of that, I put it with a cheap old set of those uh, computer speakers that have the volume control on it with a little CD player inside. And on that CD player was just a two-minute track of somebody screaming bloody murder. So the... Every time you turn on the switch, it would turn on the, or give power to those speakers as well, so the screaming would start at the same time that the banging started. And then he would turn the switch off, and it would go silent. And he could do that as many times as he wanted. Um, Whenever someone got too close, set it off, make them startle back, shut it off, um, and then they would, what the hell was that? Come back, uh, getting close, get too close again, and he would do it again. Very simple, very inexpensive. I mean, in total, I think I spent $20. 
Um, like ten dollars for the speakers, five dollars for the CD player at Goodwill, a uh, dollar for the uh, other material, a dollar for the motor and the vacuum. Um, so super easy to put together and ended up being very effective. That's why I brought it up. Because it's cheap. It's a good example of <laughs> well, because it's cheap, but it's a good example of something you can be creative with, and then is simple to set up, simple to use, and very cost-effective. Well, and that's something that, you know, at the townhouse I used to live in, I, we had enough of a quote-unquote front yard. <laughs> um, I could have set something like that up with yeah, lights on it. Sure. And so, again, even if you don't have a full house, even if you don't have a full yard, if you have, you know, five square feet of grass, you can still set up something like this and have that be your zombie apocalypse setup and have that be a part of it so again you look at the space that you have look at what you have the materials you have access to the time you have available and from there figure out what story you want how you want to go ahead and scare people and then start building and then look around to see what kind of uh, visual magnets are available out there um, less another one that I, every time I say visual magnet, you're thinking weenie now, aren't you? How am I not supposed to think that? <laughs> you're pathetic. So we need another designation to replace visual magnets just to move it one more length. I think that would help. So I'm sorry. What, so what as you're developing about? your story, take a look at what bratwurst are out there to help draw in your. <laughs> I almost had I take it. it back. I, I take almost it had back. it. No, you wouldn't, because all I can think of is ten things I hate about you. I was joking with the lunch lady. It was a bratwurst. Uh... No, you lost me anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so vi <laughs> visual magnet is out. Bratwurst, bratwurst is out. <laughs> so we used Atmos FX's zombie invasion DVD, uh, but they have. Let me see. I'm looking at their website right now. Three, six. 9, 12, 15, 18. So they've got 18 different uh, effects for Halloween. and But they've got stuff for Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, Valentine's Day, birthday, football, St. Patrick's Day, Easter, 4th of July. Anything that you can possibly celebrate, uh, they probably have something available. Highly recommend Boxing them. Check Day. them out. Uh, yes, they have something for Boxing Day. I think you're lying. But okay. <laughs> Highly recommend you check them out. Uh, prices range from like six bucks all the way up to thirty bucks, depending uh, if you're downloading just an individual short clip or if you want to get the entire DVD worth. Or, um... but anyway, highly recommend check them out. I absolutely love Zombie Invasion. They have a super creepy one of uh, rats or bugs crawling out of the wall, um, blood dripping down the walls. Uh, they have a one based on the the cult classic movie Trick or Treat, one of my favorite Halloween movies. Uh, ghosts, they've got skeletons, they've got jack-o'-lanterns. Check them out. Uh, if you don't want to use it as a bratwurst, then you can use it uh, just for any other effect in your haunt as well. I think we should go back to visual magnet. <laughs> visual magnet it is. And I think I was fine. That zombie effects DVD was fantastic. I was fine with it until you started using that to go to sleep. <laughs> There's something very soothing about listening to the moans. I mean, what can I say? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, Les, what other visual magnets are out there? So, another one that is really great and, again, um, very, very 
functional in a small space is the singing pumpkin. Oh, I love the singing pumpkin. And so basically the singing pumpkin is you get pumpkins and a projector and you can project an animation of, you know, jack-o'-lanterns telling jokes onto the pumpkins. Got a great joke for you. Listen up. What music do mummies like to listen to on Halloween? I don't know what. <laughs> rap music. <laughs> Get it? Because they're wrapped. Um, they have, you could, they've got singing, they've got all sorts of these, um, you know, songs and, and, and images that you project onto the pumpkin. So instead of having, you know, you have your jack-o'-lantern, but don't carve it and then project onto the pumpkin. So they actually have, um, I mean, they have This is Halloween from yeah, uh, so Nightmare Before Christmas. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, 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 Halloween. Yeah, that one of my favorite Halloween songs. Oh, but they've also got like... Monster Mash. Grim Grinning Ghosts. Grim Grinning Ghosts come out to socialize. The Addams Family. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They're all together ooky, the Addams Family. Yeah, so Grim Grinning Ghosts is one that I used in the past. Um, kind of like you said, Les, uh, when I lived in a townhouse, um, didn't have a whole lot of room. So what I did was I just put a uh, put three pumpkins up on a dais, uh, had a gravestone in front of it to hide the projector behind, and used Grim Grinning Ghost that year to uh, entertain the trick-or-treaters. Was it scary? No, it was not scary. Um, but it was fun. It was just a lot of fun for the trick-or-treaters. Which is not to say that you couldn't make it scary. Um, sure. It just wasn't the direction that I went that year. Well, and again, you can set up a micro haunt without the intention of it being scary. Uh, I, I know I told this this story um, back on my first episode that I joined you guys on, but when I was a kid, my dad would take us, the three of us kids, trick or treating, and my mom would stay home to hand out candy to all the trick or treaters who stopped by our house. Um, and in the process of that, she came up with a way to kind of haunt the house by using the baby monitor and sticking the output end in the mailbox or the milk box. And she kept the um, the other half of it. I don't have baby monitors. Um, <laughs> and would sit there and talk into the monitor and it would they would people would come up to the porch hearing this voice, this disembodied voice coming out of the mailbox, the milk box. And we had a couple of flower pots around there and they would be searching around trying to find where this voice was coming from. Um, and my mom, we had this big bay window in the front of our house, so she would actually be standing kind of hiding behind the curtains, but she could still see out and see, watch the trick-or-treaters. And you know, they would go through this whole thing of trying to find what was going on um, before they even got to the point of ringing the doorbell to get the candy. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Right? <laughs> Brad Pitt, seven. Nothing? Yeah, I'm the jerk. And there's no uh, reason so, you can't take it to the next level and hide several walkie-talkies 
on different mm-hmm. channels in different places around the porch so that you can change the direction that the voice is coming from. Oh, and Or, you know, again, if you're putting it in a box and you have one of them in the box, have a scare pop out of the box. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do that, again, it's just your front porch. Use sound, use disembodied voices, um, bring them in with singing pumpkins, um, and then, you know, bring them in with Ghostbusters and then sit there as the ghost, <laughs> disembodied voice, uh, and then have something pop out of somewhere. There's a lot you can do with no budget and no space yeah. and still put something on that both appeals to your Halloweeny inside and entertains or scares the pants off of your trick-or-treaters. Yeah, my, my second Halloween, my dad wanted to get in on the action, and so I gave him the remote control for the fog machine, set it up on the uh, front porch, and then he was sitting there staring through the peephole just waiting for someone to set foot on the, uh, on the last step to get up to the porch, and then he would hit it and make him jump. And then he'd be standing behind the door, bouncing up and down, or bouncing from leg to leg, giggling like I've never seen my father do in his life, but giggling like a schoolgirl. Um, I could see your dad doing that and having just <laughs> way too much fun at it. I can oh, he see was having all so of much that fun. except for the giggling. It was that completely a giggle. Me. I know, right? I can honestly, I <laughs> can see is... Kimo giggling. It, it's a little, it's a little weird, but I can see him giggling at this. <laughs> he was having a lot of fun with it. So two, well, several things. One, um, you said pop out of there. You can't say stuff like that when we've had as much fun with Weenie. You can't say scare the pants off of when we've been saying that that much with Weenie. You can't do that. Um, we could go over how to play with sound, distorting it, relocating it, making it sound like it's coming from different spots. I don't know. Something like that. Well, we already talked about a little bit about how to make sound, co- a, a really easy way to make sound come from multiple different directions. Uh, my only caution there oh, is I know. Uh, check the channels that you're using on your walkie-talkies. Most, like, GMRS radios will have 40 channels, but a lot of people use GMRS radios on Halloween to help keep track of their trick-or-treaters. Um, so just be aware of that and keep an eye on the channels that you're working. You may need to change channels a couple times to make sure you're staying on ones that are empty. I would never have considered that people would use that to keep track of their kids in the age of cell phones. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, that's a fair point. You know, I'm, I'm dating myself a little bit. Yeah, it's, a little bit. It's been a while I mean, since it, I've actually taken kids for the dream. but... <laughs> you said that, and I was just thinking, couldn't you just use a cell phone? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I'm, <laughs> I'm just old-fashioned. Another visual magnet that I've absolutely fallen in love with, but haven't had a chance to use it uh, in a haunt yet, I'm hoping to next year, um is uh, produced by a company called Imagine Eerie-ing. Sounds like Imagineering, but it has the word eerie in the middle. And what they do is create computer-controlled digital puppets, uh, which display spooky characters on the screen, but you control with your keyboard. Uh, so they have five... Oh, yeah, they're... Like, I had Luca, my son, my four-year-old, playing with this yesterday um, with a pumpkin one, and he was just having so much fun with it. That actually does sound um, really cool. Yeah, they have so they have five different faces. Um, if you think back to like Sleeping Beauty and the Magic Mirror, they have one that's based on the Magic Mirror called Mirror Mirror. Um, they have another one that's a talking skull. His name is Yorick. Of course, of course it is. Alas, poor Yorick. Um, <laughs> I knew him well. Uh, they have a jack o' lantern, a a two faced jack o' lantern named Gordo. Uh, on the one side, he's a happy. Uh, He's a happy-looking pumpkin. 
or happy looking jack-o'-lantern and on the other side uh started he's a little bit more decomposed and looks much more malevolent that's the one my son likes best um he is your son they have another one yeah he's exactly he is my son uh, they have another that's a his name is they have another one called Frosty, a jolly happy snowman uh, for if you want to do this during Christmas. Oh, look at that. I've been impaled. All right, <laughs> 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 you. It's okay. I know what drops going in there. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of drops. And then episode. I know this is going to be fun. And then they have a one that they offer completely free to home haunters. <laughs> Uh, which is their original magic mirror. It's um, a little more... Uh, the quality is not as good as the, mir- the mirror mirror that you pay for, um, but it's free, and uh, it's free to home haunters. So what are the prices like on those other ones you mentioned? $15. I mean, what? this is just unbelievably inexpensive what? for what it does. Um, so the way I'm planning to incorporate this into my haunt is to set up a... Um, I'll build a facade... Probably because I have a ton of electric jack-o'-lanterns, I want to use the jack-o'-lantern one, Gordo. Uh, I'm going to put jack-o'-lanterns all around it, um, and right in the center will be uh, Gordo on a computer monitor. Um, I'll be behind it, have a little camera looking out so I can see the trick-or-treaters, and have a, uh, a microphone hooked up to speakers going out so they can hear my voice while I'm controlling the puppet uh, from my computer. But I can make the puppet look around and up, up, down, left, right, and any combination thereof. I can change his facial expressions. Uh, they have a happy, a uh, they call it the regular, and then uh, a angry face. So it allows me to interact with trick or treaters through this puppet in real time, uh, and I'm just like so excited to play with this during a Halloween next year. See, I'd really want to do the magic mirror where they have to and do it as um, Sphinx. You have to answer questions oh, to yeah, get yeah. Uh, your your candy. Ooh. And actually, they, so they've got a. If you go on Imagineering site, they have a see it in action tab where they have videos from uh, haunters who have used their products in their haunts. Um, so you can see some, you can get some inspiration from ways that other people have done it. Ooh, um, the other thing that'd be fun, but magic mirror. So you have the magic mirror stuff. So they're talking to the magic mirror, but then you have set up kind of like a your scene inside where they're engaging with the magic mirror directing what happens to the scare actors on the other side but it's all at the behest of the magic mirror who can then decide oh no no, save them save their lives oh no and then splat (laughs) usage of bloody back i like you can splat oh i like it i like it yeah, so this is just a um, it's a fun visual magnet to draw people in, interact with them. Uh, it can be scary or not, depending on uh, how you're using it, because ultimately it is just a puppet. Uh, but it's a puppet that you can incorporate very easily, control from far away, um, and it's so, so inexpensive. I mean, $15. Anybody can find $15 to spend on this and play with it. And then... Um, Grab a cheap old monitor from Goodwill. I mean, they're selling them for like 20 bucks right now um, because nobody is using monitors anymore. <laughs> they're all using phones. What are you talking about? I have two. I'm wishing I, I had a third. I have <laughs> Go to Goodwill. Pick up another one for 20 bucks. <laughs> you know what is um, the problem is I'm thinking to myself, if people, if when I'm talking to advertisers and sponsors, they say, let me, 
send me an episode so that we can hear the content. And I'm thinking this would be a great one to use because we have referenced so many products and pricing and how to get them and availability and everything. And then it also occurs except for the, to, except for the weenie. <laughs> that is also it's like, damn it. I think you should, I think you should absolutely send this one to potential advertisers. There's a lot of weenies. <laughs> we have a lot of weenies. You have a lot of weenies. Thank you. Right. <laughs> so where are we going from here? <laughs> Again, we've been so, talked about incorporating an awkward silence into your hunt. So there's there's a good example. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So, Singing Pumpkins, Imagineering, Atmos FX, um, some great visual magnets to help draw people into your micro haunts. Um, John, I think this is a great time to break and discuss uh, our where they can find us. So, you can find us on Twitter at HauntingUniver1. That's Haunting, U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Okay, where do you find us on Facebook? Well, that would be Facebook.com slash HauntingU with the letter U. Excellent. Excellent. Say something about Podbean. And Leslie, as far as invoices go, keep a running tab. We have Spirit. We have Atmosphere FX. We have the Imagine Eerie one. We have going quite a tab. Yep. Eventually, we could pretend to be paid. I can't wait till we can <laughs> pretend to be paid. <laughs> oh, I can't wait until we actually get paid. Mm, well, that dream's a little bit far out there, but. Yeah. Eventually. I think, the, I think the pretending to be paid is a lot more attainable. So you can find our podcast at a couple of places. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, um, and Podbean. Podbean is where we're hosting all of the podcasts, so check it out. Yeah, Podbean has a great uh, has a great app for your phone that will automatically download new episodes, uh, so you can listen to it very easily on your own. You can click the subscribe button. That would definitely help us out to get those numbers up. So if you don't, you don't even have to listen to it. Just download. Don't listen. Or just subscribe on Podbean. It'll download automatically, and then you can ignore it. But it'll help us yeah, out. Yeah, but then a lot. you're using up storage on your phone. No, it, well, that's true. But it'll only store the latest episode, and then it will delete it once right after you listen. To so it. maybe just so just more incentive to listen to it. Free up space on your phone. Exactly. <laughs> download it so you can get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Download it so you can get rid of it, precisely. All right, continue. Yeah, so what else do we want to talk about with micro haunts? Uh, you want to take some questions, John? <laughs> sure. <laughs> do we do we have any questions? Yeah, did you not check out the Facebook page? We actually have a question. Oh, I was unaware. We have a question. Is it? It's <laughs> not about whale sharks or avocados. I'm out. I'm going to go on mute for right now. <clears throat> Fair enough. Fair enough. Wow. Good um, question. So, um, in preparation for this episode, we put out a call on uh, on the Facebook page, sending asking you, "Hey, we're getting ready to record an episode about micro haunts. Send us your questions." And Heather Debaca came back with, "What can I do to make my balcony as scary as possible? It's on a second story and wraps around the corner. Great place to hang out in the summer, but not very scary." Doesn't sound scary at all. Skulls, but it could be lots and lots but of skulls. But it could skulls. be if you created a micro haunt. <laughs> uh, well, here's the great thing: a balcony like that that a balcony like that that wraps around you do actually have a lot more space than say the one I have, which is like 
not even 20 square feet. Barely enough to put two chairs on. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of space. There's a lot of things that you can do with that. Um, again, skulls, always scary, always creepy. Um, lighting would be another way that you could decorate as a way to bring people in and make them want to see what's going on. Ooh, Leslie, thank you for bringing that up. Um, we got some feedback on our last episode about lighting um, from uh, one of our listeners who recommended a free piece of lighting software that he's been using for a long time. I started looking into it, and I'm kind of impressed with what it can do. So it's called Vixen, V-I-X-E-N, Lights. Um, and you can find them at vixenlights.com. This is a completely free piece of software for do-it-yourself lighting automation, uh, very similar to the Lightorama uh, that I was talking about in our lighting episode, um, but free. It does require quite a bit more work on the electronics side, but all of the hardware that you would have to buy to make it happen is also is much more inexpensive. Um, I found a relay board that would give you 16 channels for about $15. Um, and there are a, there were just a ton of YouTube videos showing how to hook everything up to make it work properly. Um, so Vixen Lights uh, is another thing. Go check it out because this is a great way to get into uh, lighting automation uh, on a budget. Wow, we're getting actual questions. We're getting actual feedback and comments. This is maybe we're a lot closer to I know, pretending I know. to be paid than I thought. <laughs> Oh, it's nice to see the the podcast actually starting to get. It is actually, uh, and for whatever it's worth, for those of you who have wrote in and commented, asked questions, we appreciate it. We do. We we really do. We do. It's nice to know that someone appreciates what we're doing here, or at the very and least, is listening and is providing us feedback so we can do this better. And we always want to do it better. Yes. So ways to make balconies scary lights. Sound effects, the singing pumpkins, this, especially for a second-story balcony, this would actually be a decent place to set something like that up um, because you're not so high up that people can't see your balcony, um, but you're also not right on the ground, so you don't have to worry about your pumpkins running off. Yeah, great. Mm, uh, that's a great that point, Les. Point. My, my balcony was uh, second floor as well, and being up there uh, made it very easy to hide stuff I didn't want people to see. So I just used a floodlight wash in the background, uh, to, and one floodlight illuminated the entire balcony because it was tiny. Um, but it was a, I was able to hide like all my cords, my lighting controller, my fog machine, uh, all on the ground because people couldn't see it. They were looking up from below. So everything that I wanted them to see, I just put up higher. Something that large, I might go torture chamber. Yeah. Because that would allow me to do multiple. Well, uh, multiple setups. I could do several torture. Yeah, exactly. Multiple. Yeah. Uh, what am I trying to say? Well, I can put a multiple rack over scenes. here and a. Oh, well, not not really scenes, but multiple, multiple elements. Torture devices. <laughs> multiple elements to I'm, one scene. I'm trying to say torture devices. <laughs> well, yeah, you need your rack, you need your thumb screws, you need your Iron Maiden, you need your vat of boiling there oil. We go. Oh, what are some other great medieval torture devices? Hmm. Oh. Where's my history books on the Spanish Inquisition when I need them? Just Google Spanish Inquisition. That's all you need to do. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> See, now there's a perfect fear. setup for fear a drop. Fear and surprise. Surprise and fear. Perfect setup for a drop. 
Uh, yeah, so Heather, thank you for the question, uh, and thanks for listening as well. As far as obtaining a lot of those materials, I mean, you can always still, like Kay said, you can find them uh, inexpensive on a lot of places, but I still recommend Theft. It's my go-to. We know. And there it is. <laughs> like I said, we'd get there. Someday. It's going to be a recommended choice. Someday. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Not so. Not today, but someday. Not today. What else? Oh, oh, oh! So something else I saw just um, something else I saw just recently that I wanted to try making uh, was a crank ghost. Uh, I think that would be a great. So this is like a um, a floating disembodied spirit made out of cheesecloth primarily um, that moves around a little bit uh, with a a low speed crank, a low speed motor. Uh, So I think that would be a great thing to do on a second story balcony. Um, backlight it with a black light so it's uh, kind of ethereal and glowing and but it's moving around too um, great visual magnet to uh, to draw people in I'd be remiss if I didn't comment that you're ethereal and glowing but just had to thank you I'm kind of touched in the head <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that was, that was like, what else we got? It's like a tee ball. He hit that one out of the park. and just teed it out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think this one's going to end up being a shorter episode. But that's Sounds right. like... Uh... Well, it is a micro haunt. Micro haunt deserves a micro episode. About right. I'm looking on Google. It has mostly ideas for some, which we kind of covered. Let's see. Well, and here's the thing. If you are struggling to come up with something or come up with ideas, Google is your friend. Yeah, and on, if you're not listening to them, I just started listening to a uh, another po- Halloween-related podcast called Hunt Weekly, and a couple of weeks ago they did a whole episode on places to find inspiration. Um, they talked about a number of websites, a number of Facebook groups. But anyway, um, highly recommend this uh, this other podcast, Hunt Weekly. They're a lot of fun to listen to as well. Um, honestly, if you're looking for something scary, history will provide some of the scariest scenes you could possibly wish to post and design anywhere. Uh, and I, I say that not just because I'm a historian. Um, truly, you, you want things that are terrifying? History is a great place to get inspiration. Depends on what you're going for. Audience participation. If you live through the night, people will talk about it for years. And if you don't, they'll talk about it for decades. Hunting you does not advocate <laughs> murdering your patrons. Do we advocate more torches? About and... Yeah. <laughs> I was more commenting on patrons potentially murdering you, but you know, whatever works. Or doesn't Fair work. Enough. Well, I like that. Right. Well, remember the guy who said, I really want to come to your haunted house, but it looks kind of shady. How can I have a guarantee that I won't get murdered? Yeah, yeah, we can't pro- we can't provide a guarantee. I was like, I mean, all, you don't. Ca- all kinds of stuff could happen. How do I know you folk get murdered? I'm like, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee we will not murder you, but I mean, it might happen in the parking lot. Uh, you might get hit by a car. Stuff happens. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not about to uh, to make promises I can't keep. <laughs> we could put that on top of the haunts. We cannot guarantee your safety. <laughs> No, we cannot uh, guarantee your safety sure from way. everyone else. <laughs> Some of there our neighbors go. are there kind of murdering. Only ourselves. 
I think we uh, should advocate torches and pitchforks, though. That seems like something we would advocate. Well, I mean, we've had torches and pitchforks in our house yeah. before. Wait, where did we have pitchforks? Where I don't want a pitchfork. Pitchforks. You. That was before your time. You were. Yeah, we don't. I don't think we would give you a pitchfork. Yeah, don't yeah, see why not. Pretty sure you do. Hmm. Excellent. Anyway, so, John, you want to wrap us up? <clears throat> well, I think that's all we have for you today. We want to thank everyone for listening. We really do appreciate it. As always, uh, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, and definitely look for our podcast on its new home on Podbean. That's hauntingyou.podbean.com. Or iTunes, for that matter. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, iTunes is good. We like iTunes. Some people. Let's not shun our listeners, Kate. Right. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening and happy haunting. Bye, everyone. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting universe one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingyou.podbean.com. So we discovered an excellent sound effect we can use and continue discussing weenies. Well, it was the sound Not effect. That. Oh. Oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, right? What is that? My chair. Anytime nice. That's, not bad. that's, a, that's like a perfect creaking door. That's not bad. Yeah, that's an awesome creaking door. Right? Say? Do it one more time. Do it one more time with no one talking so I can just get the... Not bad. <laughs> too bad. It's too bad we don't have the sound effects episode still. We'd like to see. It's easy to make your own.